0: thank you for joining us this is paul wilson and chris emke and you're listening to the diesel performance podcast guys we're back from ultimate call out challenge there in brownsburg indiana man i'm a little tired chris but uh i'm fucking excited today
1: yeah. Uh, you know, you you see all of the uh, competitors, all of the uh, vendors at the DPI Expo. Um, if anyone had the opportunity to go check out Exergy's booth over at the DPI Expo, uh, it was impressive to say the least. Uh, they had their engine with the standalone uh, ECU and harness with, a, with the hand throttle.
0: You got to put your hands on the hand uh, throttle, didn't you? I
1: actually interviewed Rick and uh, one of the intros for it was the engine revving. Uh, yeah. Rick did it. I was too scared. No, it's just, <laughs> that's just how it worked out. But, uh, you know, it's always great to see those guys. They're always very well. Welcoming. There were so many people at their booth, uh, wealth of knowledge that they offer and carry. Yeah. Um, you know, we're just, we're very, very thankful to have them as a sponsor to the show and, you know, as being as welcoming and inviting as they have been over the years to us.
0: Hey, man, thinking, speaking of awesome booths and a sponsor of the show, I'm sure everybody got down to go check out Whirly's setup. Yep. Uh, you got to see an L5P twin turbo kit, more colors that have ever been in my Crayola a Single box. turbo L5P. Single turbo yep. looks twisted. Yeah, that's, yep. it, no one, no one laughed. It was at was nasty. It was nasty. Uh, Whirly's another great sponsor of the show. Yep. Hey guys, um, they keep us. They keep us here. So if you want to keep listening to Diesel Performance Podcast, check out Whirly. Check out Exergy, and of course. Come back and talk to Chris and myself. Uh, We're over here at Duramax Tuner Calibrated Power. Um, One of our big pushes lately has been the Diesel Insight videos. I'm sure you guys have checked them out. If not, there's a whole playlist. I think we're over 50 or 60 uh, Diesel Insight videos in that playlist on the Duramax Tuner YouTube channel. Pretty much
1: any question that you could have, you can find it on Diesel Insights. And if you have it, it's coming. So one way or another, you're taken care of. And hey, man, if you got questions
0: about your truck uh, specifically or just in general, feel free to shoot us a message on our Facebook Facebook page, and we will eventually get back to you, or I'll refer you to Chris, and he'll have to call you. So one of those two will happen. Uh, but guys, one of the reasons I'm the most excited today is there. There was just a lot of awesome shit that went down at UCC. But I think the biggest splash that we've all seen and heard about is yep. Tony Burkhart and the t- Dirty Hooker Diesel Truck exploding on the dyno. Oh yeah. Uh, we're gonna bring this to you in a two-part series so today we're gonna talk to Tony Burkhart, and tomorrow we're actually gonna find out what the hell happened to the engine
1: I'm excited for tomorrow man let's
0: kick it over to the interview with Tony all right guys calibrated power sponsoring special guest of the of the week today we have Tony Burkhart on the line Tony how the hell are you
2: well that's the first time I heard someone call me by uh, Tony this week it's- Usually sparky or smoky or something like that.
1: <laughs> What's up, Fireball? How you doing tonight? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Just just don't call me a flamer. <laughs> that would go well with
1: uh, the, the, hooker, the hooker
0: mindset. I love the it. Flamer hooker. Right, right. Is, the, is next year's truck the flaming hooker? Hey, guys, what we're talking about is UCC and Tony Burkhart, owner of Dirty Hooker Diesel. Uh, Made a splash. Yeah. Yeah lit, yeah, lit on fire. <laughs> um, there's, I, I, I hope, I, I'm assuming all of our listeners have gone on and watched this video from all 50 angles that are available of it. Yes. Um, yeah, right. I know we've dissected it in slow-mo here in the shop as a team as well. Tony, uh, obviously great showing. Here's the thing that I think gets left out of this story. Sixth place overall at UCC with a truck that had an epic, catastrophic crash uh, on the dyno it just it it literally blew up and stayed on fire
1: for a while for a while
0: Uh, for a while yep tell us about it man what what, what, well we'll let's start yeah go ahead chris go so
1: friday morning right We, we all know that the weather we don't have to beat the weather up any more than it had to uh what did day one look like on the drag strip
2: so this actually friday was actually my very first own uh competition in drag racing i've never never been in a drag racing competition now <laughs> last year i had uh, Mike Moore was a driver, you know, but uh we had a truck that just kind of flopped on the drag strip right because it we just we had like four major issues we were trying to battle on a brand new truck and then uh uh really pissed me off so uh this year we completely went through the truck and the only thing that was the same is the sheet metal and the frame um so the first day on the drag strip i mean the sunday before the sunday before uh ucc was the first time to actually fire up the truck and and get it to move on its own power <laughs> and i i did go to i had a drag strip locally here open up for me uh, i was 40 degrees out and you could tell we we got very little data from trying to go down the drag strip. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was horrible, you know, but uh, the one pass, we, we, we took so much power out of it, we, I mean, I seen a guy in a wheelchair racing me down the track, but uh, <laughs> you know, we found out that at least it shifted, you know, the train shifted like it was supposed to, so, alright, let's package it up, and uh, you know, uh, we worked on it to last minute right um so when friday come around and we got a chance to get in the drag strip and uh the very first pass we didn't know what we should put for power and and well let's let's see what it'll do and that thing went straight i mean a screaming bull I couldn't go straighter than that thing did going down the track I mean it was just awesome uh, I don't remember what it was a 5 580 something I, I'm thinking um so we added a little bit more power and uh we got a second pass of a 562 and uh I don't know it was 135 or 137 um just awesome um couldn't ask for any more you know couldn't ask for it to be any better uh and there's quickly, lots of room
0: can i quickly break in here so that that's just so our listeners are clear that's 562 and an eighth mile and you said 137 miles an hour yeah yep. fucking scary man on an untested truck on an, right first
2: first uh, drag yeah. racing
0: competition yeah
2: <laughs> not even my first my first drag racing competition and well, the truck's second, but the first on that, that new setup. Uh, I got Lynn, Lynn from Firepunks come over, and, and before I actually raced, we talked about the suspension setup a little bit, and uh, uh, he gave me some cues on the, the four-link. Um, those guys are awesome, too. They're awesome, great great gum, uh, bunch of guys. But uh, back to the drag strip, it was just an awesome pass. You know, we did two passes, and it was just—they were flawless. Um, wanted to turn it up some more, do a little more fine tuning. Get, we have a couple tenths we can shave off the 60 foot, and uh, I thought, well, let's let's save it for the bracket racing at the end of the day. You know, I, you sit and wonder, should I make another pass on it? Should I not? What what should I do? So we decided to hold back and of course I'm kicking myself in the butt amateur mistakes right (laughs) Um, so then that night uh, it was pretty cold for the the bracket racing and when I I screwed up again another amateur mistake uh, the truck tripped the light and backed back out and it was just at that 7 seconds and uh, red lighted me so that was you know, like I said, I gotta get in this I gotta run it some more. Get in the seat, put some more time in it. Oh. Um but that was just an awesome, I was Friday was awesome. Uh I think I was the fastest Duramax um all day and that was just a second pass on a fresh setup, you know. Jeez, hell yeah. I, I could be wrong, but I was pretty sure that was a uh a fifth or sixth fastest on the drag strip for the day. Um on a new truck So That was awesome We got uh,
0: Proves we my point Once it. again Proves my point Drag racing takes no talent Clearly anybody could do it Tony jumped in it Knowing nothing And just clicked off A 562 Everybody should run To your local drag strip You're all professionals
1: Talk have said that this from, before
0: I'll say it again From someone who drives
1: An 18 second BMW
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever talk like I would beat on my car Like that that's oh, for okay. Tony to do. So, right. That's right.
1: that eight, that 18
2: seconds in the eighth, right? Right. Uh, no, that, was, <laughs> right. That's, that is... Uh, yeah. The
1: yeah. way I drive it, yeah. So, Friday comes to an end. What did you guys do? Uh, what did you make any changes going into Saturday for the dyno event?
2: Uh, we had we found a couple little uh, issues. We worked till 5.30 in the morning on the truck to get it ready for the dyno. Jeez. Uh, dyno day come around, and... Wait our turn, right? Uh, Of course, we had to wait out the weather a little bit, and uh, I'm sure no one mentioned the weather yet, right? Um, (laughs) What weather? The weather was perfect. What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) So, we prepping for the dyno and and, uh, get get the bitch up on the dyno and long behold the uh, to turbo the decided uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah she decided to uh, turbo decided to exit stage left oh
1: and then what so was the when,
2: So when the charger blew up and I mean if you watch the the video you can see the hood buckle up it looks like 6 inches. I mean every, there was a shock wave from it when that charger came apart and we weren't overspinning the charger. Um, we didn't have crazy drive pressure. We didn't have crazy boost. It was balanced, nice. Um, everything that we pulled, what data we did get, was was there was we didn't see anything wrong with it. Um, when it blew apart, a chunk of debris severed the wire harness and, and blew the fuse on the ECM. Um, So when it did that, the rail, the regulators on the pumps went wide open. So uh, two 14-mil pumps spinning almost 5,000 RPMs, you can imagine the volume of fuel. Oh, my Uh, God. Another chunk of debris knocked off the nipple on the fuel rail, the line and all, just cleaned it right off the fuel rail.
1: So then fuel's getting
2: sprayed. Straight up under the hood. It was it was spraying off the bottom of the hood. Oh, no. So that debris, that piece of the, either the wheel or the cast housing of the charger knocked out, knocked a hole in the cold side pipe right at the intake manifold. It's a hole that uh, you could shove a banana in it. So um, now you have a hole right on top of the motor and you have such a volume of fuel spraying up hitting the bottom side of the hood and splashing down and going right in the motor. Oh, my God. I still, to this day, struggle at listening to the videos of that truck just running on fuel, the screaming of that motor, and... you know, we're, we're guessing. We're guessing it was spinning 10,000 RPMs. Jesus um, Christ! And so, meanwhile, when that charger blew up, the hood stack fell down onto the belt that runs the uh, oil pump, and it destroyed the oil pump belt. So, the minute and two seconds there. We're gonna. We're assuming that most of that was with zero oil pressure. Uh, there was no belt on it on the oil pump, so it was running forever with no oil pressure. Oh my god! At whatever RPMs it was running. Um. So that was the fire. That's what was feeding the fire. And Mark inside, that the Mark Brovack uh, was running the truck for me had my fire suit on and, and uh, Mark and I have been our, our relationship has been pretty, it's been quite the bang or the ball of fire or uh, <laughs> I don't know, it's really been a firework for uh, the 13 years that we've worked together and uh, you know, when you uh, when you live on the cutting edge, you know, once in a while you're going to get cut so. No um, shit, man You know, so he luckily escaped injuries. There's holes through the firewall, the windshield smashed from debris. Um, you know, it was a, a hot mess. Um, he struggled at finding the door handle because it's behind the roll bar. Right where the roll bar is, is, the door handle's right behind it. Um. Prior to going on the dyno, we removed the uh, door bar and the net, everything else, which is good to help them get out easier. Right. But but uh, he was in there for a good long time, so he decided that uh, he better eject.
0: Yeah. Can, can we talk real quick? Uh, something I was I was a little disappointed by was seeing a lot of people blaming the dyno operator for not grabbing that door handle. Uh, Any comments on that, Tony?
2: Well, put yourself in an explosion and see what you do. I mean, it's a split second. You know, it it happens so fast and you, um, you catch yourself going two, three different ways all at the same time.
1: And you literally saw that in the video, by the way, yeah. like you saw him go in three different directions in the, in the, in the
0: second half it, it, with no fire suit, with Nothing. no emergency training. I, I mean, here's a guy who's there doing his job. He works weekends. Yep. You know what I mean? Like he's standing on top of the dyno the way I saw it. He, he went to go to the door. Yep. I can't imagine you're talking about 10,000 RPM, no oil pressure, 30,000 PSI coming out of two 14 mil pumps. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't imagine the fucking heat that was right there. I mean, guys who you were down there with, the with media, guys up. who were down there who yep. were pit crew, everybody was just telling me you could feel the heat off of this in a massive way over, like you said, such a short amount of time. Uh, I thought I thought the operator acted appropriately. Get the fuck out of there. That's what his job is. His, he is not an emergency service rescue personnel. He was not equipped to grab a, a, a metal door door next to whatever ridiculous temperature the heat the heat was when that was happening
2: the the other thing is is uh cody wouldn't know that mark wouldn't be able to find the door handle right um you know that's you you assume everyone knows right where the door handles at well the truck is for mark sitting at you know the second time he ever sat in a truck in to to know exactly where the door handle is when you can't see i mean he had to feel around because it was full of smoke and couldn't breathe um it's a it's a tough thing because you know you 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 kind of have to regroup anytime that there's you know, i've been on the fire service in EMS for a long time and you anytime you pull up the scene of an emergency you have to take a second and check your surroundings and Calm down and get your get your thoughts in order. And um, it, it just things happen so fast, and, and uh, you got to think about it for a second before you uh, uh, can take your next proper step uh, in helping someone. Um, you know, the first thing is, is is save your own ass, and then second of all is is uh, once you're once you're safe and then is to to go back and save someone else so um, anything they teach you you know in fire that you're number one and you you gotta you have to operate in a safe manner also All right. um, so that's kind of the excitement there uh there's with that fire. Uh, I mean, burned up our wire harnesses, our fuel lines, our our oil lines. Um, it was pretty charred. The um, on that note, there is a couple safety things. You know, I hear all the time. Well, if there would have been an air knife on it, air knife would have done Nothing. zero for the situation. Thank you. That charger was blown right apart. It was just a skeleton and. You know, one of the instincts is uh, I hit it first with the fire extinguisher I had. It was one of those uh, fire extinguishers. They're $500 for a little extinguisher. You know, shoot the intake. Well, that didn't slow it down at all. And it's like, well, we're in trouble because obviously none of that is connected anymore. Right. Um, I burned up the first fire extinguisher and they sprayed some more on it. So, the air knife wasn't going to help, uh, but a three-way valve. Uh, all my trucks are getting three-way valves now, and they're all going to have fire suppression systems on them. Uh, if I would have triggered a fire suppression system, it, you know, would have stopped it.
0: So, what's a what's a three-way valve?
2: A uh, dump valve to. Uh, I use a Waterman pump as a supply pump. That's like a fast or an air dog. Okay. Uh, mine is a mechanical. Waterman pump runs directly off the motor. So um that motor's spinning, is pumping. So on the pressure side of that pump, we'll put a three-way valve. Uh, so the cable will go inside the cab. If you hit that, it'll send the fuel back to the tank instead of to the CP3 pumps.
1: Oh, okay. So you don't, you don't keep feeding that fire at that point.
2: Right. You take the fuel away from the pumps. Uh, we would have had a two or three second flash. None of the harnesses would have been hurt. Um, and we still would have had the explosion, but we could have saved the truck, you know. Um, so between the and, – and doing the fire suppression, uh, there's, they're expensive, but I got a lot of damage to the truck, and it would save that damage. Yeah. Um, one thing that I forgot to mention, uh, there is a slow-mo video of a piece of charger going between Cody's head and the A-pillar, and you can see it flying, and it um, he's pretty lucky he didn't get hit by that.
1: Well, I mean that kind of brings right me uh, brings me right into the next question, with the catastrophic failure that took place this year, and seeing that video live, where Cody goes in you know a hundred different directions in a matter of seconds. Do you think that's going to tighten up the safety and uh, what's going to be required for UCC next year?
2: Um. Obviously, it's easy for us to say that you know GC should be wearing a fire suit mm-hmm. and wearing a helmet. Um. Are they going to enforce that? I don't know. Um, that is a pretty that is a pretty dangerous spot. Maybe uh, maybe a swing in. Uh, what would work really nice is a bulletproof kind of like a swing in glass. At least two sides to protect him from the truck. Yeah. Um, and he could be you know he could be behind some bullet, bulletproof glass would be. Uh, maybe a, just another idea. I know it's not something that just takes five minutes to add onto the dyno, but that may be something to think about. Yeah. Um, but for him to sit up there all day in in a fire suit and helmet, well, I, I, there is a there is a price on life. You know, I, I mean, um, who goes to work saying that I want to die on the dyno today? You know? Yeah, you said it.
0: And this is something I think we're not trying to hit at the UCC or the DPI expo here. I think what we're saying is every year we've seen not only the competition step up, but new safety standards enforced. If you guys remember the first year at Indy, uh, there's a pretty iconic picture of, um, you know, competitors, family being down there with kids next to the track as trucks are launching. Hey, listen, I got a kid. I would love to take him down and give him that view. But from a safety standpoint I think we all also see things like that are a problem and then uh, last year we had a problem with even the media guys man, Belly's literally pressing against the dyno while a truck is running. Uh, This year there was a 20 foot rule uh, Mm -hmm. so they they really tried to mark off like hey man we don't care who your pit crew is, we don't care what camera company you're here for Like, back up Um, and and I think after seeing even the more stringent safety standards over the last two, two, three years come in I think we all all recognize there's there's probably more to be done to keep people yeah. safe. Uh, the event's a, a lot of fun. It, it's it's the biggest diesel event it, it probably in the world. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you're at 1,500 horsepower while exploding, which by the way, Tony, I, I think I got that right, 1,572 horsepower when when it popped. Um, yep. You, you know, it's getting nuts. Yeah. Right. Now, what I really want to say here is, after all of this, after this, this major, huge thing happens, um, you come back out and pull 300 fucking feet the next day, 308? Are you kidding me?
2: Yeah. Yeah, we... Uh, so I figured I was done for the weekend, right? I mean, it's the thing's crispy. Right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'd have gone home. The weather was shit. My, my truck blew up. i see you boys later.
2: <laughs> so they they flatbed the truck to the to the pits, and when I come back to the pits, there's hundreds of people surrounding the truck, and I'm like, well, I guess we can start cleaning up, right? And then uh, a woman says, uh, well, what do we gotta do? And I'm kinda like, what do you mean, what do we gotta do? And uh, I know, someone piped up, well, there's a motor. Let's get her done. And, uh, <laughs> I'm like, all righty, Well, I got people tugging at me. Let's let's get this thing going. You know, uh, we did half the show by blowing it up. Let's do the other half the show, putting it back together. Right? There you go.
1: <laughs> That's one mindset. So. I would have been drinking at the bars. Like, fuck me. Why did this happen? Some stripper would have heard my oh, story. Oh yeah, huh, for sure. Yeah.
2: Oh I was thinking, yeah. I was my hooker burned dog. We <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's a real ball. Of fire. <laughs> she is hot, man. Have you seen her flame?
1: So where did the um, where did the spare east? You know the the spare engine harness. Like, where did all these parts come about? Because I know you brought a spare motor, but I mean, you weren't planning this.
2: I didn't bring a spare motor. Oh, I brought a motor to sell.
1: Oh. 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 <laughs> Hooking on the side I like last, it.
2: Uh, yes, I'm like, I am like I brought a motor to, to sell, put on display, show whatever this you know, this last year's UCC motor, you guys take it off my hands. Um, that motor wasn't set up to go in that truck. Uh, we changed so much so many things. So we get the truck turned around backed in the backed in our tent and we start we spend 20 minutes and just start shedding scrap metal, right? I mean, we're tearing it apart, trying to get a good look at what all is damaged. And uh, the mines, there's, you know, a lot of great friends they're They're like, we need to, to evaluate this and think about what we're doing and, and if we can really pull it off. And nothing worse than having people helping spend all night trying to get it done and then be unsuccessful, right? Sure. So Phil from XRG is like, well, I got a dyno engine harness. And let's look at the trans harness. Trans harness was charred but usable. Um, yes, I have a motor there, but there's, we have to switch a lot of parts to just to be able to set it in. Uh, Because we're going from a dry pump to uh, an oil, you know, internal oil pump, and we had mid mount plated the motor this year, and and, uh, had the big diff in it for truck pulling in the front, and we ended up having to switch that all back out, and that's why we didn't run cuts because I had a small nine and a quarter in it instead of eleven and a half, so we did a. Evaluated it, and, and everyone's everyone standing around me is like, "Well, we're not going to stop. We're we're gonna we're gonna make this happen." And people just started wrenching. Um, I had groups of people coming over, two, three, four mechanics from the competitors, and they'd roll their toolbox over, and uh, they just said, "Tell us what you want done." Not not one person said that this couldn't be done or why are you doing it this way so it's really awesome because you take a whole nother shop and they have their way of doing things right right and, and all he said is what do you want us to do we're yours us to work and uh lock performance was the you know first group with the roll their toolbox over and start swapping parts on motors to for me to be able to put that big motor in there. Um, it was just awesome. They, they did shifts all night. There was different groups. When they got their trucks done, they'd come over and work on ours, or some of them said, well, we can work for a while, but we gotta go back and finish putting our truck together for truck pull, and so, I and mean, they were, this is all night long. I don't think there was ever less than eight people working on that truck at one time.
1: How long um, How long before the sled pull on Sunday uh, did it take for the truck to get together? Like, how long was the truck together prior to pulling Sunday?
2: So, when we were ready to pull on the track, uh, uh, during the driver's meeting, you know, the question was, is, was it okay if I was the last puller, uh, just to make sure I got everything going? And all the pullers were all, yep, yeah, uh, no one had a problem with me being the last puller. So, when we finally got the truck done, the pull had started, and uh, it was pretty cool to come down that, uh, through the center of the field there, on its own power, you know, my guys are sitting on the weight box, and and uh, my woman's inside the cab, and you know the crowd goes wild, they just give give you goosebumps, makes hair raise on the back of your neck. Um, felt really good. So the the poll had just had started when we when we actually arrived. So we did pretty good time. We we had a couple hours to spare. We had a few hours to spare.
0: <laughs> the last so, uh, minute hooker holding up to her name, man. I cannot fucking believe that story.
1: I mean, alligator had their live builds, but Tony like you legit had a live
2: build. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, uh, someone put up a camera in there, a time-lapse uh 1320 was busy with videoing. and they, they're supposed to have a second uh second video to go with the first one um man guys brought over boxes of hoses and pittings and parts uh danville's dyno intercooler is what we ended up using um <laughs> for an intercooler that's ratchet strap it down, put some plastic on the top. We duct taped the plastic to seal it so it wasn't splashing water and, then, and the turbos. <laughs> and, um, whatever it took, you know, we we got her done. Uh, Worley was overwhelmed. My two welders had worked all night, you know, so they had uh, 24 hours in their system of wrenching plus they only got two hours of sleep the night before. Um, so th- their eyes were bugging pretty hard. So it was really nice to, uh, uh where they come over and get some fresh eyes and weld the cooler pipes. Uh, my guys, they looked like they were trying to shove square pegs in round holes, you know, little <laughs> toddlers. <laughs> they, they were so tired. Um, my son did a lot of growing up, uh, Tyler, uh, he, he was there every minute. Uh, with my guy Chad, um, these guys, you know, it's amazing. These guys from these shops that have, whatever, they got a hundred years of mechanical experience, and they're asking my eighteen-year-old son what he wants done, and and uh, <laughs> and it was it was great. I mean, they were just they were respecting him, and and he did an awesome job at knowing what had to be done and how it needed to be done, and for us to go out there untested hooked to the sled on a truck that we just kind of threw together um, and make it all the way to the end you know uh, i didn't want to let those guys down and not only be able to move the sled 10 feet that would have been i would have been crushed if that's all that i got out of it you know uh, if i got 200 foot out of it i had been happy uh At about 250 foot we tossed the CP3 belt. Uh, You know how I told you that that motor was only for show or or for sale. Um, When we were loading up here at the shop, there's power steering pump, uh, belt tensioners, uh, intercooler pipes, all for that motor to fit in that truck and I have just set them off to the side. I'm not going to need this, not going to need this, not going to need this and uh, we needed all those parts. So we had a we had to compromise. I mean, we stripped down my uh, one of my trucks, my dually truck, that hauled parts down there. We had to rip parts off the front of that motor to oh my god, cannibalize uh, my ride home. So,
0: was your plan to Uber to get home? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was hoping that if we could build a truck, we could at least wrap the parts back off and get it back <laughs> on our drivers, you know.
1: There you go. Now, so Sunday comes to an end. Uh, you end up, you, you placed, what, what did you place there?
2: Sixth? Second place at the truck pole. Okay,
1: second place at the truck pole. Overall, sixth place.
2: Overall, sixth.
1: And yeah. last year, you had placed 12th. Correct. So you went from 12th to sixth place. You clearly had the biggest story in UCC of 2019 with your truck literally exploding and catching on fire. Uh, the truck came apart, back together literally in a day. I mean, that to me would have to be a win. Would you say not?
2: Yeah. Uh, Derek who? I was chatting with Derek last night. We're good friends. Uh, and, you know, we invite them over. They come stay at the house. And, uh, you know, we get along really good. And uh, I told him, I said, you're lucky I didn't make one more pass at the drag strip, because the only thing you'd have on me is the dyno. So uh, he knows. He knows. He knows. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was. It just. It was an awesome weekend. Um, great time. Unbelievable. You know the competitors were awesome. Uh, you couldn't ask. For you know you couldn't ask for it to play out any better uh, other than no fire that'd be nice but uh, <laughs> you know they get that, that urge once in a while just to raise hell uh, but uh, Derek's trying to uh, he wants to do a little better at truck pulling so he, he was drilling me last night and I, I was giving a hard time um uh, Told him You'll I figure that out on your own. Yeah, I ain't giving no <laughs> right. fucking secrets. What is this? What is You'll this? See next year, when I pull a can of whoop ass. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them all the nitrous like, right at the
0: line. You got it. That's the key to truck pulling. Is you got to spray while you're spooling.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and we didn't. Uh, I've had bad experiences with nitrous, so uh, we truck pulled without nitrous, um, and it, it, it just runs so beautiful. We. Like I said, at at 250 foot, we lost the other CP3, so we were down to one 12-millimeter pump, and uh, crazy how well it did. Um, Competitors, they just overpowered it, you know.
0: (laughs) Tony comes to this fucking competition with one leg broken, hand tied behind (laughs) his back. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. We'll let somebody out there with cut tires run first place. That's cool. That's cool. Oh, my God. Yeah. I cannot believe that, man. I mean, that's a what, story. What a cool weekend. Yeah, that is... what, a, what a fucking rock and roll story. Tony, yeah. um, I'm sure the list is too long for this podcast, but who are some of the highlights you want to give a shout out to for this weekend, man?
2: All the competitors um, that come and helped. Uh, you know, there's Danville, Lock Performance, there was, there was a DPD there's um i can't even remember all of them i was so tired and <laughs> zombied out uh exergy brett was down there with all uh all kinds of fittings and and hoses Um uh, you know brett with the two-wheel drive 69 oh yeah the deutsch um deutsch yep yeah. uh Worley was down there uh we shared the tent with merchant we were Slobbering tools and bolts and whatever we could from him. uh, (laughs) I know there's a bunch of people that were cooking. I don't even know who all was cooking. Um, Danville, you know, uh, robbing parts from their stash. Um, I think we got some stuff from Fleece. Uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned Worley helping us out on the plumbing. there's some guys we forgot there, uh, thoroughbred threw us some uh, fast pumps. Uh, and then I have all my sponsors that you know have helped me out building a sponsor and um, friends and family, you know my all my guys from the shop and and uh, some of my friends that come down there, not from the shop. Uh, oh yeah, well, Prime Diesel and, and their guys. Um, I just can't think of them all. We're we're trying we've been trying to list everyone that was there, looking at pictures and everything else. But um, it's pretty kickass.
1: Yeah, I mean, you literally go in there uh, on a Friday with a plan, and I mean, Sunday comes around, and the whole weekend for for you especially probably just had to be a blur.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was, (laughs) in the middle of the night there, I says, you know, guys, I need to get to bed for a couple hours, and uh, while they do all the heavy work, my son and Chad took over uh, doing the heavy work, making sure to get the motor in and the tranny back in, and, uh, you know, the drop box, the gears changed, and the front end in it, and so they called, they woke me up when they had all the heavy stuff done, and. We started doing the more intricate stuff, um, you know. And so I got a few hours of sleep, which I really needed. And Did you just a hear few the hours story, more Chris. Than,
0: Hold yeah. on, Tony. I get interrupt You just heard the story. The Fucking boss man is like heavy work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wake me up when it's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see how it goes, Tony.
1: You I see Get, it how it goes. get a traumatizing <laughs> event take place, man. I would have went to bed too. Shit.
2: You know, and, and that's the thing. The guys don't. I don't need to hold their hand. They they know what needs to be done, and and uh, they went at it and got it done. And hey man, when well you trust we your we went apparently. down the track. Yes. Yep. Um. They they'll tell you that. Uh, I might question them a lot or act like I don't trust them, but you know, when it comes to this event, I walk away and not worry. So. Um. It's just a thing that I. Always want to make sure things are done right. And it's not that they don't do things right, but I, I want to make sure they're done right. That's it. I mean I my name's on it, right?
1: <laughs> there you go.
2: So um, they they did awesome. It was all I can say is there was one hell of a mess to clean up the next day. <laughs> oh, I can only
0: imagine that. You said your son was there. Yep. You had somebody to take care of it. <laughs> I got it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Cool, Tony. Maybe I actually. When we got back from the, the award ceremony, I looked in the tent, and the tent was cleaned out already. I'm like, "Holy shit, you guys are busy." <laughs> so that was nice. You know,
0: that's awesome, man thank you so much for doing the show with us congratulations sixth place that's no joke guys uh this was as you heard an amazing story from tony from his team from the whole the whole team at ucc uh pitching in to see something amazing come together 308.92 feet for the sled pull uh after what sounds like just the the most amazing 24 hours you could imagine in diesel performance
2: Uh, So don't forget, uh, we are doing the autopsy tonight, so um, you guys want to check back in in the next day or two, and uh, uh, we'll see what, you know, we're only guessing that that motor was spinning maybe 10,000 RPMs with no oil oil for for up to a minute, so um, at 5 o'clock here, we're going to start knifing it open and see what we find in that motor i mean it it didn't stop because it was locked up it you know i think that emptied the fuel tank is what happened so oh my god
0: well listeners you heard it from tony yourself uh we're going to check back in with him tomorrow we're going to find out what the hell happened and you guys will hear it here first this has been paul wilson chris emke thanks for listening the Diesel Performance Podcast is brought to you by Calibrated Power Solutions, home of DuramaxTuner.com. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped calibrations for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Powerstroke, John Deere, Case, New Holland, and many more. For more information and great customer service, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. Wow,
2: that's the first time I heard someone call me by uh, Tony this week. It's Usually sparky or smoky or something like that. (laughs) (laughs)